Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to it fizz. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold distress. Alka-Seltzer presents The Quiz Kids. And may I have your attention for today's first question, Quiz Kids. Here it is. Take four times the number of blind mice and add one-third the number of men on a dead man's chest, and the answer will give you the title of a book. What is the book, and who is the author? Yes, there it is, folks. And I wonder how many of you know the answer. Well, fine. We'll get roll call out of the way here and see what the youngsters in our classroom of the air have to say. And here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. <laughs> Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. We're happy to have all you folks here for another Alka-Seltzer question session with those Whiz Kids, radio's famous Quiz Kids. Go right along with us, won't you? See how many of these puzzlers you can answer, too. And as for you youngsters, if you do well answering the questions I ask you this afternoon, I have a special treat for you. Yes, sirree. Later on, I'll let you ask questions of our special guest, Al Cap famous cartoonist and creator of the comic strip, Lil Abner. Say, that'll really be something, won't it? Oh, you betcha. So let's get schoolwork started. Here we go with roll call. First, that smiling young Irishman, Patrick. I am Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 11 years old and in 7th, 8th, Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. And then that young old-timer, Joel. I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 12 years old and I'm a freshman at Roosevelt High School. Next, returning to school, Greta Lee. I am Greta Lee Woods. I am five years, six years old, and I am first. And I am in first grade in Bethlehem School in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, the girl. And also returning to school, tall, nice-looking John. I'm John Pollock. I'm 15 years old and a sophomore at Nicholas Sen High School. And finally, sitting on a couple of telephone books so that he'll be able to reach his microphone, Little Melvin. I'm Elvin Miles. I'm five years old. I go to kindergarten at Nord Park School. All right, fine. Now then, can you kids answer your first question from Carolyn and Jim Guthrie of Sanford, North Carolina? Take four times the number of blind mice and add one-third the number of men on a dead man's chest, and the answer will give you the title of a book. What is the book? And who was the author? We have two hands up. Joel's hand was first. Well, there were three blind mice, so four times that is twelve. Twelve, right. And fifteen men on a dead man's chest was a pirate song in Treasure Island. So? so a third of fifteen is five, so that makes seventeen a novel by Booth Tarkington. That's right, seventeen by Booth Tarkington. Hooray! <laughs> 
That first question really called for fast thinking, Joel, and you came through with flying colors. Now, this question sounds like a stumper from Mrs. M. Baker of uh, New York. There are two names in the Bible that sound very similar. Can you children distinguish between them? They are Goshen and Gershon. First, what or where is Goshen? Patrick. Well, Goshen is a land. It is, uh, it is really a city. Goshen. Well, and, uh, where Gershon is it? Huh? Was, uh, Gershon was the son of... Uh, uh, well, anyway, son Goshen... Son of whom? Uh, oh, Aaron. Of who? Aaron, I think. No, no, Gershon? no. Joel, what were you going to say? Well, I thought it might have been one of Solomon's sons. No, no. Ah, uh, Greta Lee. It was Moses' son. No, no, honey. <laughs> Patrick again. It was Samuel's. No, no. Huh? I'm, I, I, I'm afraid you're guessing, uh, children. John? Well, about Goshen. Wasn't that in uh, Southern Asia Minor? Well, uh... Land of Goshen? Uh, no. No, um... Uh, Joel? I, I'm not sure, but I think Goshen was the sector of uh, Egypt that was given to uh, the Israelites. Well, uh, kids, now look, let's straighten something up here. On the second part, Gershon was the son of Levi. Now, of course, he was sometimes called Gershom. Uh, another Gershom was the elder son of Moses. So you're right on the second part. Now, on the first part of the question... Uh, what or where is Goshen? Goshen is a district in Egypt where Joseph went in his chariot to meet his father who was coming from Canaan. Now, you're nodding your head, Joel. Am I wrong on this or am I no, right? No, you're right. Um, and, uh, well, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Uh, so we're going to have to call that uh, first part a miss. And that means that Mrs. M. Baker of New York wins a big Zenith radio phonograph combination from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Now then, if you kids miss this question from Richard Baldwin of Iowa Falls, Iowa, Alka-Seltzer will send Mr. Baldwin one of those magnificent Zenith radio phonograph combinations, the set with two Cobra tone arms, one for regular playing records and one for the new long playing records and two FM bands. So we'll just see how you come out on top uh, with this one. And uh, it's, it's plenty hard. Mr. Truman and Mr. Barkley formerly served in the Senate at the same time. We have had a president and vice president who served in the Senate at the same time before. Can you give me an instance of this kind, Patrick? Well, uh, one was Martin Van Buren. Martin Van Buren. And Richard M. Johnson, his vice president. That's right, M. And there was another one, too. All right. It was John Tyler and William Henry Harrison. Right in both instances. Very, very good, Pat. Very good. Well, sir, Mr. Baldwin does not receive the big Zenith radio photograph combination for his question because you answered it correctly, Pat. But he does get a radio and a mighty fine one, too. The Zenith Transoceanic Standard Shortwave Portable Radio in a handy luggage case. Now, that is always the reward when a question is answered correctly. This question from Marguerite Dowd of Berkeley, California, combines music with mythology, children. See if you kids can identify the songs you will hear and tell what mythological character each 
suggests. All right, Howard Peterson? Joel? Well, it'd be keep the home fires burning. That's the and there was song. a Roman uh, goddess, Vesta, or something Vesta, like that. That's and right. they had to keep the fires burning for uh, her all the time, and they had a people uh, to to do that task. That's right. She was the Roman goddess of the hearth fire. Now then, Patrick has his well, hand Well, uh, there are two other instances. Apollo, the sun is suppo- supposedly made of heavenly fire. All right. And uh, all, and uh, if the sun went out, of course, it'd be a catastrophe. And then uh, Pluto, the god of the underworld. Yes. Uh, he had to have the home fires burning, too. That's so. He certainly did, yes. And then, of course, uh, John... Well, uh, Prometheus, see, for he was the one who was supposed to brought fire down to the mortals from heaven. He gained well, a say, punishment. now, there's another good answer, too. Uh-huh, Joel? Well, and Phaethon, he nearly burned up the earth in Apollo's chariot. Yes, he did. And then also, Pat? Well, uh, Jupiter used lightning, and uh, fire does have something to do with lightning, so you'd have to... It does uh, incite fire. Well, now, you've given us quite a few. I think we'll go on to the second part of the question. All right, Howard. <laughs> Uh, Melvin? Well, I think the name of that is I Wish I Was Single Again. <laughs> no, no, that, no, you're wrong, Melvin, but that's all right, though. I like that. That was a cute answer. Uh, John? Well, that uh, was Little Sir Echo. That's right, and, uh, Little there Sir was Echo. A, there was a, uh, a little, a goddess who was punished for being vain or something. Only her voice remained. Her name was Echo. And that's she could, she right. could only, she always talked and mimicked people, and then they only uh, let her... Uh, Mimic them. They can only repeat the words that they said. That's uh, that's very very good, John. Joel. Well, uh, Jupiter had been paying attention. She was a nymph. Jupiter had been paying a little too much attention to her, although she really was after Narcissus. So uh, Juno deprived her of the uh, power to talk to people only if uh, she they talked to her. So she just became an echo, and since she couldn't talk to Narcissus, since he didn't want to talk to her, she just pined away, and That's right, all huh? that was left was her echo. That's right. Well, now tell me something. Uh, who can sing uh, a little bit of uh, Little Sir Echo? Uh, uh, Greta Lee? Little Sir Echo, how do you do? Hello, hello. Little Sir Echo, I'm very blue. Hello. Hello. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not dying, but you're Oh, Oh, that's one. You know those echoes really get around now, don't they? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Uh, you are through, aren't you, Greta? Yes, fine. All right, now, quiz kids. Now, we'll consider this next one from our Alka-Seltzer question box after a word from uh, Bob Murphy. A correction, please, Professor. Not one word, but three. They are March, Weather, Colds. The three words that are headline news in many a household these days. And I'm wondering how many of you folks are caught with a cold right now. Well, don't forget, Alka-Seltzer can bring relief from much of that cold distress. Here's the ABC cold comfort treatment. A, Alka-Seltzer. Start taking it at once to help relieve that miserable, ache-in-every-bone, feverish feeling. B, be wise. 
Beware of drafts, be sure to dress sensibly, be careful of your diet, and try to get more rest than usual. And C, comfort the sore throat caused by your cold by gargling with Alka-Seltzer. Yes, there's the easy-to-follow Alka-Seltzer ABC cold comfort treatment. Try it and see for yourself how very effective it can be. Just remember, Alka-Seltzer can be worth its weight in gold when you're suffering with a cold. All right, now, kids, here's a quickie from Peter Ficker of Detroit, Michigan. What national sports figure had to rely on chance for some of his most famous achievements? Pat? Well, uh, that was Tinkers and Evers and Chance, uh, the famous baseball players. That's... And they were uh, a, a real team, uh, Frank Chance of the Cubs. You betcha. So Tinkers to Evers to Chance. Well, Tinkers and Everts had to rely on them. Yes, that's and right. And had to rely on them. Well, I want to give all three of them a plug. See, Pat? Because <laughs> they certainly were wonderful. Now, here's a familiar jingle uh, sent in by uh, Mr. A.C. Boyd of uh, La Jolla, California. But now, listen, each line of the jingle is written in a different language. Let's see whether you can translate enough of it to identify the jingle. I'll see what I can do as a linguist here. All right, listen, kids, now. Uh, this is a very, uh, very important and famous jingle. Cervona Ruza, Las Veoleotesson Azules. I really messed that one up. And the next one is Zucker is Sos. And the last one is Evu Letosi. John? That would be roses are red, violets are blue, uh, sugar is sweet, and so are you. That's right. Oh, boy, you got it. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. The first line was Polish, the second line was Spanish, and the third German, and lastly, uh, French. All very poor, <laughs> thanks to me. Well, uh, now then, this second jingle is a very familiar children's rhyme, and it's, uh, it's written in no language at all. It's just uh, nonsense talk. Now, see whether you kids can identify it from its uh, rhythm alone. Eefy, reefy, ziggy, um, riny, viny, rudel, zum. Uni, glit, I, bibble, dee, globble, bum, and NBC. Oh. <laughs> all right, now from the rhythm alone. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Uh, John? Could that be eeny, meeny, miny, moe? No, no, no. No? Uh, well, uh, maybe it could be the, the rhythm. Uh, yes, it could be at that. I was thinking of something else that, oh, sort of brings a little twinkle in your eye. I mean, you, oh, look at the hands. Joel! Twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> That's right, Joel. That's fine. All right, kids. Now then, uh... You kids are doing very well on your questions so far, and uh, I'm going to let you in on a treat I promised you a while ago. I'm going to let you ask questions of our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, that famous cartoonist, creator of Lil Abner, Mr. Al Cap. Well, Al, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Are you all set for your first question? I am, Joe. I'm Al Cap. I'm 39 years old. I don't go to any school, but I do go to the Star Club and the Copacabana, and I do a comic strip, the hero of which you kids are much smarter than. We'll take you first. You ask your question of Mr. Cap first. Mr. Cap, uh, where did you get the idea for the schmoo, and how did you think of such a wonderful name for him? 
the idea uh, for the shmoo came to me when I was, I was driving to my farm in New Hampshire. That's a small state, the other side of Massachusetts, as you kids know. And, and, and the landscape was so beautiful, and, and, and the houses on it were so pretty, and all of it was so lovely that I, 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 I was grateful for living on this great big earth, if you'll forgive me for being maudlin. And, and it occurred to me that here, this wonderful world we all lived on would give us everything we want, all the good things, all the wonderful things, and all we had to do was just let it alone. Well, I, I reduced the earth down in size slightly to the size of a shmoo, and the shmoo is the good earth itself, and the, the reason that it's called the shmoo is that that's its name. There just isn't any other name. And now, and now, uh, 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 who else has a question? How about you, Greta Lee? Mr. Cash, do you ever get worried? How are you going to get little Abner out of his troubles? Or do you know before you get a bit to his troubles? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'd like to know about that one, too. Well, Greta, uh, it's not getting little Abner out of his troubles that worries me. The trouble I get in him into usually gets me in trouble. It's worrying about myself that really makes me gray and wrinkled. And, and as far as knowing what's going to happen before uh, uh, I get him into these troubles, all I know is that you kids won't read the Abner unless he's in a mess. And so I, I'm constantly getting him into messes to worry your curly little heads. And then I'm in an awful mess too. But somehow I always get him out. And now, and now, Joel. This is rather an unfair question, but as a cartoonist, what do you think about comic books for children? Yes, Al, there's one for you. I think that comic books are fine for kids, especially the little Abner books. But actually, I think that all comic books, with very few exceptions, are excellent for children. They're, they're, most of them are beautifully drawn, they're written with... You kids in mind, they're, they're prettily colored, and they're good and wholesome. Don't be fooled by the enormous furor that's being raised about the 1% or 2% of bad comic books. There is a lower percentage of badness in comic books than in any other field of mass entertainment, and that includes movies and, if you'll forgive me, radio. There are less bad comic books than there are bad in any other field of entertainment. And, and now, and now, Pat, we haven't heard from you. I'd like to know, Mr. Cap, do you model your characters and places from real life? And I'd also like to know, what kind of a working week do you follow? Well, that's kind of a two-in-one question, Al. Well, and then uh, she's asked me two civil questions, and I'll give her two civil answers. Uh, first, are there people in real life like there are in my strip? Gosh, I hope not. I, I hope that I never meet most of the people I draw. And my working week is the same as any, any, uh, anyone else's working week. I, I, I get up at 9 in the morning. I begin work at 9.30. I stop at 5, and, and I do that every day for six days. And on the seventh day, I collapse. And, and, uh, and now, young Melvin, I, I, I'm almost afraid to ask you for a question, but fire away. Well, you need be afraid because yesterday, a little Abner, I um, 
nobody liked the idea that you cut out the schmooze, so the kids were pretty angry at you. You told them to, uh, you told them don't to have such a line for the autographs, and then uh, they said, then they started to throw things at you, so you looked at your fan mail, and they, you said, well, I'll, uh, I think they'll have something good to say about me, and then you found out that it, there wasn't, uh, Nobody liked the idea, and my question is, what's going to happen Monday? <laughs> Uh-oh, we're listening, Al. Well, first, I, I, I hope that all America agrees with me that it was, it was pretty awful of those kids to treat me so dastily in the strip. I, I, as I saw the strip, I was being pelted with bricks, I was being cussed out, and I was being generally treated very badly. For, for not drawing schmooze anymore. And so what's going to happen Monday is, gulp, I'm going to draw some schmooze. And now, is, is there anything else bothering you, Melvin? Yes, well, what are the big lumps in the toes of, Ab, of little Abner's shoes? And may I please have your autograph? Now <laughs> well, there, Al, that's a humdinger. Well, the autograph is easy because I can spell Al Cap. I've, pr I've practiced. Now, the lumps in Lil Abner's shoes, Melvin, or must be a secret between you and I. The lumps in Lil Abner's shoes are his toes. And I, I do hope that this show proves to all America that I'm just as smart as any four-year-old kid in Chicago. And, 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 uh... I, and also, I've been flattered to death to be on the show, and it's been fun, Joe. I, I've listened to the Quiz Kids for a long time, and, and I, I do think they're wonderful. And I know people want to hear more of them instead of, of me, and so I'll take my leave and, and see you in the Funnies, kids. Well, thank you, Al Cap, and we certainly will see you in the Funnies for a long time to come. Let's get back to questions here. Mrs. D. Brown of Dallas, Texas, sends in this puzzler about strange animals. What deer could a man hold in the palm of his hand? John? The mouse deer. The mouse deer, that's right, because it's no higher than a book. Now, what animal might be a great help if you were having trouble with ants? John again. Oh, an anteater. An anteater, that's absolutely right. Well, we'll get along this next question in just a minute, Quiz Kids. In the meantime, here's Bob Murphy again. Thanks, Joe. And I'm wondering how many of you folks listening in take Alka-Seltzer for relief from headaches? From headaches, Mr. Murphy? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about that, but I see to it that we're never without Alka-Seltzer in our home. We take it for relief from acid indigestion and... Well, we all think there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer. That's right. And let me give you a tip, Mrs. Housewife. That same Alka-Seltzer that gives you such speedy relief from acid indigestion is equally fast and effective in giving relief from headaches. Really? I didn't realize that. Well, the next time you have a headache or someone in your family has one, remember Alka-Seltzer. Yes, friends, take Alka-Seltzer for fast headache relief. Just drop one or two Alka-Seltzer tablets into a glass of water, watch it bubble up and dissolve, and then drink the pleasant-tasting, soothing solution this makes. Taking Alka-Seltzer is not like taking medicine at all, and you'll be delighted at how quickly sparkling Alka-Seltzer can bring relief from the pain and distress of your headache. If you have never taken Alka-Seltzer for headaches, the next time you have one, try it. Yes, that's all we ask you to do. Try it. 
Alka-Seltzer will do the rest. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore. And remember, when headache causes grief, misery can be brief. Take Alka-Seltzer for relief. Okay, Bob, and now quiz kids back to our question. Uh, just a minute, Joe. Uh, before you ask that next question, we have another guest here in our classroom, and I think she has something special to say to you. So, Joe Kelly and all of you listeners, I'd like to have you meet Miss Helen Bolstad, Chicago editor of Radio Mirror magazine. Well, thank you, Bob. I do indeed have something special to say to Joe Kelly. For the second year in a row, Mr. Kelly, you have been voted the best quiz master on the air. This is the opinion of the listeners themselves in the annual poll conducted by Radio Mirror. So, Mr. Kelly, on behalf of the magazine and all your radio fans, it gives me great pleasure to present you with this special salutation. Well, thank you, Miss Bolstad. I'm very, very grateful to Radio Mirror for this award and to you for presenting it. And a great big thank you from the bottom of my heart to all you listeners who voted for me. Oh, you bet, Joe. And say, I know you folks are going to enjoy reading that special illustrated feature story about Joe in Radio Mirror magazine. The issue is on the newsstands right now, friends. And now, how about another question for the quiz kids, Joe? All right, fine, uh, Bob. Uh, now, here's a timely uh, question from uh, Mrs. Marie Diamond of Westport, Connecticut, on the advantages of being married. How much income tax would an unmarried man earning $3,000 a year save if he got married and had a wife without an income? We'll assume he takes the standard deduction. The rate on the first $2,000 would be a 20% tax, less 17% of itself. And the rate on the second $2,000 would be a 22% tax, less 12% of itself. Joel? Well, let's see. Now, first take the case of the unmarried man. The standard deduction is 10% of his income. That leaves him uh, $2,700 to tax on, minus $600 for himself. That leaves him 2100 So now let's see, 20, 17% of 20%, well, that's a fifth of 17, or 3.4 from 20 is 16, that's 6% of, let's see, of 2,000. Well, that would be 20 times 16, that's 6, or 200 times uh, 160, uh, 20 times 16, that's 6, or 2 times 166. So that would be 3... 332, 332 plus, uh, let's see, 22 minus 12% of itself, 12 times 22, that's 220, 264, that'd be 264, that's 334.64 would be his tax. No way, son. Yeah, 334.64. And the other one, 1,500, would be 15 times 16, that's 6. That'll be 30 times 8.3, 8, that's, uh, 30 times 8.3, that'll be, let's see, 3 times 83, that'll be $249. So, let's see, that, what did I have on the other one? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll do that over well, again. Well, uh, yes, I don't think I should tell you, though. 20 uh, times 16.6 no, I... is 2 times 166, that's 332. 
332 plus, let's see, 12% of 22, uh, that's 2.64 minus that, that's 19.36. That's right. That's 351.36, uh, so the difference is $102.36. That's right, Joel. Yes, sir. <laughs> Say, I'll, I'll bet a lot of college professors couldn't have figured that out like you did without paper and pencil, Joel. See, I don't know $102.36. I don't know whether you could keep a wife on that or not, uh, what with feeding her and clothing her and extra dental bills and an extra hat on it. Melvin, what would you, uh, what would you say to that? <clears throat> well, um... I'm talking about this other question now about uh, that man, about the wife that didn't have the uh, income tax. And one thing I know that she'd certainly get thrown in jail quick. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> well, you kids all know that the old school bell means that class is over. We'll give the uh, judges a minute to total the scores and report the winners in today's competitive question session. And while we're waiting, here's a reminder. At 7, at 12, at 6. Meal time in America and vitamin time. Yes, put that one-a-day brand multiple vitamin bottle on the table and see to it that every member of your family takes a one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule. Don't take chances. Government surveys show that the meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. So don't take chances that your daily diet is short on essential vitamins. Be on the safe side. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules, 60 capsules, only $2. Remember, meal time is vitamin time. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. All right, now, children, here are your grades. And remember, whether you win or lose, you will each receive a $100 security bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. And now, let's see, as a class, you missed uh, one question... And according to this report, which takes into consideration your age as well as the number of correct answers you gave, Patrick was first, Joe second, and John third. So you three will return to school next week along with Noreen Novick, age 15, and Julianne Hector, age 7. And we'd like to have all you listeners present in school next Sunday, too. So plan to be with us, won't you? Fine. Until then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Bye Miss Kelly. Kelly. Listen to the quiz kids every week and listen to Alpha Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking.